بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه مباركا عليه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى جل جلاله وعم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد يوم ندعو كل أناس بإمامهم صدق الله العظيم So Alhamdulillah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has enabled us to get to the 15th session of this series on the hell described may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this a source of protection from the hellfire for all of us Today we move on to discussion about the face and there's quite a bit about the face and the body and let us start from a hadith that Imam Tirmidhi has transmitted from Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, regarding the verse of Surah Al-Isra, verse 71 of Surah Al-Isra, يَوْمَ نَدْعُوا كُلَّ أُنَاسِمْ بِإِمَامِهِمْ The day that we will call and summon every group of people with their imam. So, in explanation of this and commentary of this, the Prophet ﷺ said, a person will be summoned on the Day of Judgment. His book of deeds will be handed to him in his right hand. And thereafter that, so this is where it's all happening, his body will then be enlarged, lengthened to 70 cubits, 60 cubits which we were discussing in detail in the discussion of paradise, which is about 30 meters or so. His face will be brightened, made resplendent, and he will be given a crown of light, shimmering light, sparkling light on his head. He'll be made, he'll be awarded that. Thereafter that, this person will go towards his friends, will look for his friends and walk towards them. They'll just see him from afar and they will start to saying, Allahumma atina bihada wa barik lana fi hadha. Oh Allah, <clears throat> grant us from this or grant us like this and bless us in this. Until when he reaches them, he will say to them, Abshiru li kulli rajulim minkum mithlu hadha. You can also accept the glad tidings because for every one of you is also going to be the same as this. Because they're all friends. They're all friends for the right reason. They're all friends in righteousness and piety. That's the benefit of being with righteous friends. One of the, if, if we get into a group with good people, inshallah, one of them will come like that on the Day of Judgment. If we're not the one chosen for that. And that will be a source of glad tidings for us. But then the Prophet ﷺ said, as far as the disbeliever is concerned, his face will be darkened and blackened. And then, same thing, his face will be elongated, 60 cubits. Just like the cubits of Adam ﷺ, the length of Adam ﷺ, the tallness. This person will also be given a crown to wear. But this will be a crown of fire. And his friends will see him from afar. They will say, Na'udhu billahi min sharri hadha. We seek refuge in Allah. We seek refuge with Allah 
from the evil of this. Allahumma la ta'tina bihada. Oh Allah, do not give us this. Do not afflict us with this. When he reaches them, they will say, Allahumma akhirhu anna. Get him away from us. Remove him from us. Move him from us. But then he will say, Allah, will make you distant too because for every one of you it's also like this that's a bad group of friends may Allah protect us from bad groups of friends there's another narration from Ata ibn Yasar in which Ka'ab says that a leader a leader and that's a leader and he says yu'ta bil-ra'isi fi sharr this is a leader of any evil so a person who leads any kind of evil whether that be a club owner whether that be a gang leader whether that be an evil influencer, a negative influencer, say many movie stars um, and other influences of that nature, whoever is not doing good but bad rather, it will be said to him, Ajib Rabbak. So on the Day of Judgment, it will be said to him, uh, or he'll be brought first and said, you need to, you're going to respond to your Lord. So he will be taken to his Lord and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will just veil himself. He will not allow him to come and see him and be close. And he'll just be commanded that he be thrown into hellfire. When he gets there, he will actually start seeing all the humiliation and the disgraceful punishments that are prepared for him there. He'll see his own place. And it will be said, actually first, he will be shown his place and the place of his companions. Like these are all reserved for you. These are your cells. Then when he sees all of this disgrace, and he sees that his position is actually worse than everybody else. He's got the worst position there. Out of all of those, out of all of those of his comrades, uh, of his friends, he's got the worst position. Then his face will become dark. His eyes will become, they say, blue some kind of reaction, and he'll be given a cap of fire to wear. That's that crown of fire. I think this is more of an expansion on the previous narration. Now, when he comes out of that place, after seeing that place, he's not sent to hell yet. He's just been shown his place here. Let's have a viewing, right? Let's give you a viewing of the place that you're going to go to. So when he, after he's seen this and he goes out to the people you know, the, the crowds outside back in the gathering, they will all seek protection from him. They'll see the state of him. Because he's already given a crown of fire, his face has been changed, it looks horrible, in immense evil. So he will then come to his friends, his group of friends who are all gathered, who, used, who he used to do his evil with, the gun dealers, the gun runners, the drug runners, or whatever it is that it was, may Allah protect us. He will be telling them and informing them of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for them about the hellfire. And as he continues to tell them, suddenly you see their faces darken. So the darkness starts to appear on their face just the way it's come to him. So that will create that effect on them as well. And people will just now recognize who these people are just by the darkness of their face. 
فَيَقُولُونَ هَؤُلَاءِ أَهْلِ النَّارِ أَهْلُ النَّارِ These people are the people of fire, they will say. Now all, all of this is before they enter hellfire. This is the, just the effect of what they, what they will witness in their sighting. When they go into hellfire, then as mentioned in the last week or two, in the last sessions or two, the body will be expanded further. So this is just seven, 60 cubits, just the initial phase. After that, they'll, and the people of paradise will be only 60 cubits. That's the kind of the ultimate and optimal amount. But once these guys go into hellfire, they will be then expanded in that crazy amount, that distance that where their tooth is going to be the size of Uhud and so on, just so that the punishment is expanded as well. Now the question arises that what is going to be the age of the people of hellfire? Now we, we know that the people, people's age in paradise is about 30 to 33 years of age. We've had that conversation before. So there's a hadith about this from Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu. The Prophet sallallahu said that whoever dies and he's a person of the hellfire, whether he dies as a minor, as a young child, or old, senile, old man or woman, they will all be returned to the age of 30 in paradise. And they will never increase. There's no aging in paradise. Just 30 or so years forever. The optimal, that's the optimal age. Likewise, the people of hellfire, he said. In this hadith, he mentions the people of hellfire will be just like that as well. They will be about 30 years of age. There's another version of this narration which says 33 years. That's why I keep saying 30 to 33 years. Thereafter, that Imam Tabarani has a narration. The Prophet ﷺ said, anybody who dies even as a miscarriage, like, you know, a full uh, once they're alive after 120 days or so, or dies in evil old age, dies absolutely senile, and most people are between those two. Most people are between those two, right? They will all be resurrected as 30 years of age. If they're people of paradise, then they will be, mashallah, uh, in the size of Adam alayhi salam. That's the size, Adam alayhi salam. The form of Yusuf alayhi salam, that's appearance, the handsomeness of Yusuf alayhi salam. And the heart that they will be given is the heart of Ayyub alayhi salam, the one who had the huge amount of patience. And whoever is of the people of hellfire, they're also going to be expanded. They're not going to be just like Adam alayhi salam and Yusuf alayhi salam and so on. They're going to be magnified, expanded, bloated, just like a mountain. Now, the next one, and about specific people who get specific punishments, it's related in the hadith of Abu Dawud from Ammar, Ammar radiallahu anhu, the Prophet said that whoever has two faces in the world, they will have two tongues of fire in the hereafter. Two face means when you're not straightforward, you're a hypocrite, where you show yourself as one thing to one group and another thing to another group, you know, for evil reasons, for bad reasons, then this is a punishment mentioned for them. Likewise, there's another hadith of Tirmidhi, Tabarani rather, Prophet ﷺ said, ذُو الْوَجْهَيْنِ فِي الدُّنْيَا يَأْتِي يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَلَهُ وَجْهَانِ مِنْ نَارِ So the first one said that he'll have two tongues, but this version says that anybody who's two-faced will actually have physically two faces in the hereafter, which will be very ugly. The next one, 
is regarding those whose faces will be disfigured. The disfigurement of people's faces on the Day of Judgment. There's quite a few narrations. There's one narration which is in the Sahih of Bukhari, etc. That Ibrahim salam, when he tried to intercede for his father, the story is in the Quran, it was said to him, Ya Ibrahim, look behind you. So in the hereafter, if he tries to intercede, this might be in the world actually. Yeah, this will be in the hereafter. It's a representation of the hereafter. I'm not sure exactly how this is happening. But he says, he will be told to him, look behind you. There he will see this filthy male hyena. Like filth with blood and everything uh, that's soiling it. And then it will be grabbed by its legs and it will be thrown into the hellfire. <sighs> Abu Aliya. Uh, mentions regarding Surah At-Teen. Wat-Teen wa Zaytun, the fifth verses. Asfala safilin. Then we return them to the lowest of the low. What does the lowest of the low mean? There's numerous opinions about that. Abu Aliya, the Mufassir, he says this means they will be in the hellfire in the form of pigs, swine. Ibn Abi Hatim has transmitted this. The next section is. These are small, small sections that discuss different elements. So this one is about the stench. We've, also, we've already covered a number of hadith on this subject of the stench of the people of hellfire and that being a punishment in the hellfire itself. It's a really interesting idea. Allah has many, many forms of punishment. Abdullah ibn Amr reports that if a man from the people of hellfire was to be brought into the dunya, was allowed to come into the dunya, all the people would die just by the horrible, terrifying spectacle that they will see and matched with that will be the intense stench that will come from. They'll just die because of that. And then Abdullah ibn Umar began to cry intensely. Likewise, there's another narration by Ibn Abi Dunya as well that Rabi ibn Abi Rashid passed by a person who had some kind of disability. Right, some kind of disability, and he just sat down. When he saw him, he just sat down, started to praise Allah and cry. So another person passed by and said, May Allah have mercy on you, why are you sitting here weeping? What's made you so upset? You don't see people like that nowadays. You don't see people like that nowadays. Who are just crying and you wonder, like, why are you crying? Even in the masjid, subhanAllah. So he said, I remembered the people of paradise and the people of hellfire. And then I thought, and this is nothing to do with disabled people, you know, people who are challenged because they, they don't, just because they're disabled or challenged, that doesn't mean that they have to be in hellfire. But he said that uh, when I look at people who are sound, moving freely, I remember people of paradise. When I see this, then it just makes me think because there will be a punishment in paradise of various forms of disability. That would be sound people in the world, but who are evil, they'll be given disabilities. And the disab people with disabilities in the world who are good, they'll be going to paradise. That's what's made me cry. May Allah grant us afia. The other types of punishment, and then this, uh, we move into something, we're getting more specific. So, will everybody 
be given the same kind of punishment? Or will people have punishments, the punishment will be smart, smart in the modern sense of the word, smart that it will be regulated or it will be given out according to the status of people in their evil. So what's going on? So there's a number of narrations we can get an understanding from. Imam Muslim first has a narration from Samura ibn Jundub radiyallahu anhu that the Prophet sallallahu said, مِنْهُمْ مَنْ تَأْخُذُهُ النَّارِ إِلَىٰ كَعْبَيْهِ There are some people where the fire will afflict them up to their ankles. That's kind of minimal, only up to their ankles. Some where the fire will be up to their hips, waist. Some up to further up and then others right up to the temples. Imam Ahmad then has another narration from Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu that the Prophet said, the person with the lightest form of punishment is a person who will be given to wear footwear made of, hell, made of fire by which his brain will boil from the severity of that punishment that's coming on his foot. I mean, you can just imagine, I mean, if you walk on fire, that's going to happen. But this is, causes the brain to boil. And then some people will be in the hellfire to their ankles uh, with this punishment and some to uh, and the different parts of the body. He mentioned chest and so on. And some will be seized entirely. Some will be completely seized, so completely overwhelmed with it. Another narration in Bukhari and Muslim from Nu'man ibn Bashir radiallahu anhu that the Prophet sallallahu said that the least, lightest person in punishment is a person who in the akhmasi qadamayhi in the arch of his feet the arch you know the part that's in the middle that kind of rises up that generally you, you need heel support in the middle of the foot on the two insides that's a very specific place. There will be two embers placed in each one of these, it says. And the brains will be made to boil just because of those small embers that will be placed there. And the brain will boil just like a, a pan of water boils when you're boiling spaghetti or something inside. There's other versions that the straps will also be made of fire in this, not just at the bottom, but the top straps will also be made of fire, and that will all create this specific sensation and this punishment uh, by which the brain will boil. Then in Bukhari and Muslim, we also have another hadith from Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib. This is the few narrations from the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ, Abbas. Anhu. He said, Ya Rasulullah. Abu Talib, has he benefited? Have you been able to benefit Abu Talib, your uncle, in any way at all? Because he used to protect you. He used to protect you and he used to get very angry and, you know, very emotional for you. So have you been able to benefit him in any way? It's his brother he's speaking about. He said, yes, he was in a, he is going to be in just a shallow pool of fire. Had it not been for that, he would have been in the bottom of the fire. There's another version as well which says that he was in a, you can say, an entire pool of fire, like a large pool submerged. I managed to take him out 
into just a pool. And there's a number of narrations about that. There's numerous narrations about this, Sahih narrations about this. Then we've got from Ubaid ibn Umair that the Prophet ﷺ said that the person with the least punishment, again the same thing, will be made to wear this footwear by which the brain would boil just like a pan boils. And then he says that his ears will have ember, his teeth will be like embers or embers in the mouth, his lips will be like a flame of the fire and his internal organs will come out of his sides and drape down hang down rather, to his feet. And the whole thing will, will, the whole spectacle there will be like somebody, like you got a few seeds or so in a boil, in a pan of boiling water, in a lot of water. So it will be boiling. So the whole thing will just be intense heat and boiling. Abdullah ibn Masood radiallahu anhu, he, dis, he commented on a verse of Surah Al-Safat, verse 55, فَاطَّلَعَ فَرَآهُ فِي سَوَاءِ الْجَحِيمِ This person goes and looks for his friend or whatever, he sees him in the middle of the hellfire. So Abdullah ibn Masood describes that, he says he will, he will peek in there and he'll see his, fat, his friends and he would say that I have seen these people's heads boiling. If the head is boiling, what, what does it matter where the rest of the boil boils? I mean, that's where the intense pain would be. person has a headache. And... Likewise, there's another narration, uh, sorry, another verse in Surah Al-Mulk, verse 7. سَمِعُوا لَهَا شَهِيقًا They hear these screams in paradise. It's shrieking and so on, and it's boiling. And the same thing, it boils with the people in there. As though they're just like small amount of peas in a huge bowl, in a huge pan. It's just La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. May Allah be thanked. May Allah be praised for saving us. In the Musannaf of Abdul Razak, which is a hadith collection, the Prophet said, he mentioned that that the person with the least punishment is going to be the one who has to step onto a boiling ember. And brains are going to boil because of this. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu said, this last person, what, is his, what was his crime? Why is he getting this punishment? So this particular individual, كانت له ماشيه. And he used to have a, a herd of animals. And he wasn't very careful with them. That he used to just let them graze anywhere and used to uh, not be careful about where they're grazing, I guess, or, and harm other people with it. I think that would be extended to anything where you do something that harms others in terms of their property and so on. Allahu alam. In a hadith of Sahih Muslim, Anas radiallahu said, Prophet sallallahu said that one of the most... Uh, so-called blessed people, one of the most fortunate people of the world will be bought. Fortunate here means the one who just had everything, who just enjoyed the world to its full, right? From the people of hellfire. They'll be just afflicted with a bit of the fire and then said, O oh, son of Adam, 
Have you ever enjoyed any good in this world, in your life, in your existence? Just after they've been tasted a bit of fire, they're going, they're going to be asked, have you enjoyed the world at all? Have you had any enjoyment at all? Has, have you had any special gift of Allah? Have you had any special bounty? Any special enjoyment? You say, no, Wallahi, Ya Rabb. All be made to be forgotten. Like, what's the point after all of that? All of these stars and others who do crazy things when they get their money or who get their money doing crazy things. Let's get to the point about the differences of people and we've got some ideas, some more. That clearly people will be, uh, will be in hellfire according to the different deeds that they have because there's a clear verses in Surah Al-An'am verse 132. For everyone is a stage. A level based on, or fr- based on what they've done, what their deeds were. Likewise, in Surah An-Naba, verse 60, 26, Allah says, An appropriate and befitting punishment or reward or recompensation. Ibn Abbas, the recompense or compensation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, um, <clears throat> Ibn Abbas says that it will be just to the amount of their deeds. So, he says that the punishment of the one whose disbelief was intense, who caused mischief in the world, like your Serb leaders, um, those USSR people, those Chinese who are doing this kind of stuff, and, and everybody else who's doing this, uh, and to our brothers in Palestine, and who invited to kufr, they're obviously going, not going to be the same as those who didn't do all of that. There's a difference between them. Because Allah says, Ibn Abbas is explaining, Allah says, Surah Al-Nakhl, verse 77. Those who disbelieved and prevented and blocked people from the path of Allah, we're going to increase their punishment over the normal punishment, over the standard punishment, I guess, because they were people of mischief. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says, regarding this given example of one group of bad people, which is the people of Pharaoh in Surah to Ghafir, verse 46. So the discussion is that they're already going to be punished in the grave because then Allah says, and on the day of judgment, enter the people of Pharaoh into a worse punishment. So generally, the ulama have said that they were already in punishment. This is going to be a worse punishment. Or you could say that worse punishment than others. Likewise, okay, that's all disbelievers. Somebody might say and dismiss this. So then the author mentions, Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali rahimahullah, he says, likewise there will also be a difference in the punishment of the disobeying believers, the disobeying monotheists in the hellfire, based on their deeds as well. So obviously anybody who is guilty of enormities, of major sins, their punishment is going to be very different to those who have just done minor sins. And then some people will have their sins, uh, their punishment lightened because of some good deeds that they've done. 
So there's quite a lot of variables there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very just. He will never punish. Allah will never oppress anybody, even the slightest. That's why some of them will be in the fire because of some punishment, uh, some misdeeds they did. But they got a lot of other good deeds as well. And their misdeeds aren't as bad as the others. So they will actually be allowed to die in hellfire or be, as we discussed before, put into some kind of sedation or sleep so they won't feel anything. But they're still in hellfire until they get pulled out. As far as disob- disob- uh, disbelievers, if they have good deeds, then what about them? If you're giving some perks to the believers for having done good deeds, then what about disbelievers? If- and this is a very, very important question. And a very common question that we get asked is disbelievers who've done good, who've assisted in very good works. What do they get? Do they get anything out of this? See, because they don't have a ticket. So that's why there's no entry into paradise based on this understanding here very clearly, right? However, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just, <clears throat> there is a discussion about whether they will have their punishment lightened at least. Well, we've already seen the hadith of, about Abu Talib and his, funny, his being lightened. Is that a specific scenario because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa has a special intercession for him? Or is this going to be the case for disbelie- many other disbelievers as well? That's why... Uh, when I mention the hadith, you'll see that you can actually hold both opinions. Some hadith indicate that no, they won't get anything for that. And other hadith indicate that they do get something for it. So let's look at the hadith. So first opinion is that yes, they do benefit and their punishment will be lightened. And we get that from a number of uh, hadiths. But firstly, this opinion was that of Ata ibn Dinar. He relates it from Sa'id ibn Jubayr. Ibn Jarir Tabari and all have related this. But let's get to the main thing. Aisha radiallahu anha once said, Ya Rasulullah, this, where will Abdullah ibn Jud'an be? Abdullah ibn Jud'an was not a believer, he didn't believe, but he had done some good things. So she was worried about him, that, okay, what about him? He said, Finnar, like he's going to be in hellfire. Aisha radiallahu anha was quite perturbed by this. This was quite some difficulty for her. This happens to a lot of people. Especially people who have converts, who have uh, family who have not become Muslim yet. It's very tough, very tough. Believe me, that's, I wouldn't like that for anybody, but it's a reality. It's, what are you going to do about it? It's a re, you know, uh, may Allah allow these people to, you know, uh, to gain some kind of comfort by seeing their loved ones. And if not, gain some comfort otherwise. But it's a tough one. Now this was somebody else, but for some reason Aisha felt very perturbed about this. So when the Prophet saw this on her, he said, Ya Aisha, why is this so severe on you? Why are you so agitated by this? Why is this so difficult for you? He said, Bi abi anta wa ummi, by my father, no, my father and my mother be sacrificed for you, Ya Rasulullah. But he used to feed people. He used to feed people food. And he was, Yasil he was very good at kinship. It's a very nice person in that sense. So then the Prophet ﷺ said, his punishment will be lightened based on what you're saying. He will be in fire, but his punishment will be lightened compared to others. Likewise, there's another narration from Abdullah ibn Masood and the Prophet ﷺ said, anything that a good person does, a disbelieving or a Muslim person, any good that they do, Allah will reward them for it. Where? 
either in this world or Allah will keep it for them in the hereafter, store it for them in the hereafter. So, Ya Rasulullah, how does a disbeliever be rewarded in the dunya? Or what is that reward? He said, see, if he was good at tying the knots of kinship and used to give a lot of charity, used to you know, give charity, or did some other good deeds, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will either benefit him with wealth and children and good health and like things. So you get some blessings of the world in that sense. Then he asked, uh, then we asked, uh, what about in the hereafter? What, what kind of reward is that then? He said, it's a lesser punishment. Adab and duna adab, it's a lesser punishment compared to the other punishment. Then the Prophet ﷺ recited that verse about Pharaoh, because he'll be in a more severe punishment, which means that there will be disparate punishments. All the disbelievers aren't going to have the same punishment. There's another narration, which is a weak narration from Tabarani. Prophet ﷺ on the day of Hajjatul Wada'a, the farewell Hajj, he said, Harith ibn Hisham came to the Prophet ﷺ on that day and he said, you are always encouraging people to be nice to their family members, their kinship, very important, and to do good in general, and to look after and give refuge to the orphans and to feed the poor and needy. Hisham ibn al-Mughira used to do all of that. Hisham ibn al-Mughira used to do that. What do you think about him then, Ya Rasulullah? So then Prophet ﷺ said, that look, any grave, this was just his euphemism of saying the person, but any grave that does not bear, whose occupant does not bear witness that there is no God except Allah, la ilaha illallah, then that is a pit of hellfire. Right? That's a pit of hellfire. I also found my uncle, Abu Talib, in a huge like reservoir or sea of uh, fire. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has now had, but took him out and removed him and transferred him because of his position with me and all of his good that he did for me. And he's put him into just a smaller pool of hellfire. If the Prophet's uncle cannot survive, who is goodness and support has benefited Islam, the Prophet ﷺ and thus Islam, then there's a lot of other views out there that they try to find the best, you know, they try to extend things and all of that kind of stuff, but it's a difficult one. Right? In terms of removing them from punishment completely. Right? But then we leave that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We go with what, we have be, what has been narrated to us and we leave the rest to Allah. We don't have to go around and read, you're going to be in the hellfire. There's no need for that, unless somebody really deserves it and you can tell them that, right? If you don't sort yourself out, obviously. The second opinion is, uh, another opinion is that no, they won't have any benefit at all from any good deeds that they do. You're wondering like, but those hadith are so clear. So how can they say that? You'll see. Um, they have some other narrations. There's a verse. The first verse, Surah Al-Furqan, verse 23 وَقَدِمْنَا إِلَى مَا عَمِلُوا مِنْ عَمَلٍ فَجَعَلْنَاهُ هَبَاءً مَنْثُورًا We came upon the deeds that they did and we just turned them into dust, just scattered dust, nothing left. 
that kind of indicates that they're going to have nothing. But then that could be resolved, I think, and understood that meaning because of that they won't go to paradise. But that doesn't mean that they won't be given. It doesn't say they're going to be in the same punishment, this one. Let's carry on. Another one, Surah Ibrahim, verse 18. مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بِرَبِّهِمْ أَعْمَالُهُمْ كَرَمَادٍ اشْتَدَّتْ بِهِ الرِّيحُ فِي يَوْمٍ عَاصِفٍ لَا يَقَدِرُونَ مِمَّا كَسَبُوا عَلَى شَيْءٍ number of other verses like that. The example of those who've disbelieved their Lord. Their actions will just be like this dust. That way there's a severe wind on a certain day. It gets scattered, what's left, nothing. They would have no ability over what they have earned. Means they'll find nothing there. But that's still, I mean, what the, the first group would just, rec uh, just interpret this as uh, they won't be benefiting from that by going to paradise. There's another hadith that so gets a bit more specific. Sahih Muslim, Anas radiallahu anhu, the Prophet sallallahu said, Inna Allaha la yadhlimu mu'minan hasanatan. Allah will not oppress a believer for even one good deed. You will see it. It won't be hidden. It won't be missed out. يُعْطَى بِهَا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَيُجْزَى بِهَا فِي الْآخِرَةِ In this one, he actually says that he'll be given for it in this world and also in the Akhirah. Try something. Take a hundred pounds. Hundred fifty dollars. Give in the path of Allah. See how long it takes for you to get it back. Try it. If you're brave enough, try it. I'm not joking. You'll see the response. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, you get the reward in the world, and then if that's a reward you're getting in the world, then the hereafter, you can imagine, inshallah. But then he says, أَمَّا الْكَافِرِ فَيُطْعَمْ بِحَسَنَاتِ مَا عَمِلَ بِهَا لِلَّهِ فِي الدُّنْيَا حَتَّى إِذَا أَفْطَأِ الْآخِرِ لَمْ يَكُنْ Okay. He will be given sustenance in this world because of the good that they do but in the, that's in the world but when he gets to the akhirah they won't have anything that they can be rewarded by again you could say that they won't be rewarded in paradise right? I don't know I'm going with the first opinion that there should be a difference because the hadith are quite clear about punishment all of these are kind of can be interpreted another one that when a disbeliever does a good deed they are given they are given they are given something, uh, nourishment, sustenance in the dunya. But the believer, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also saves and stores for him his good deeds in the akhirah. And also gives him sustenance in the dunya. Based on his obedience. By having iman you get the extra perk. Right? Then you've got the hadith of Ibn Jad'an. So there's a slightly different version of that, right? Aisha radiallahu anh asked the Prophet sallallahu that this Ibn Jad'an in Jahiliya times he used to be very good with family and feed the poor and so on uh, feed the miskin so is that going to benefit him? he said no it's not going to benefit him he never said one day Rabbil fili khati'ati yawm ad-deen Rabbil our Lord forgive for me my wrongs yawm ad-deen on that day of recompense he never said that. Again, you could reinterpret this, that he won't go to paradise, but it does not exclude that idea or preclude the idea of, dis, of being a lighter punishment.
because the other hadith cl clarifies it anyway. These people, they, they, they look at these like very literally and say, no, they shouldn't be given any extra in paradise. So all the punishment would be the same for them. Then how do they respond to Abu Talib's narration? They said, oh, that was something specific for him because of the special intercession of the Prophet wasallam. But I don't know, I feel that the first opinion is stronger. Sounds much more keeping in line Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy and so on. Okay, there's a principle that if you don't have belief, you can't go to paradise. That's understood. But then after that, there must be some difference. But I don't know. I mean, it's so difficult to kind of understand that the person in a more severe punishment, the hellfire, how is he going to feel compared to the person who has less punishment? Even the lightest punishment is boiling of brains. So, it's not bad enough. But there is going to be a difference. And you'll see from some of the other narrations. Right. Then you've got one of the punishments in hellfire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا قُطِّعَتْ لَهُمْ ثِيَابٌ مِّن نَّارٍ يُصَبُّ مِن فَوْقِ رُؤُوسِهِمُ الْحَمِيمِ يُصْهَرُ بِهِ مَا فِي بُطُونِهِمْ وَالْجُلُودِ وَلَهُمْ مَقَامِعُ مِنْ حَدِيدٍ Surah Al-Hajj, verse 19-21 One of the punishments mentioned is melting. Being caused to be burnt, that a person melts and dissipates. So this verse of Surah Al-Hajj, those people who disbelieve, they will be fa fabric of hellfire. Some kind of material of hellfire will be cut for them like clothing, like garments. They'll be made to wear these different kind of contraptions. Then boiling water will be poured over their heads. And that which is in their stomachs and their skins and flesh will melt and disintegrate because of that. And there will also be iron hammers for them. That's why Mujahid explains, Yusharu bihima fi butun. I have translated it already. It means to melt. It will melt just the way fat melts on a barbecue. Just, just melt and drip. Imam Tirmidhi has a narration from Abu Hurairah that Prophet said, that when this boiling water will be poured over their heads, that boiling water will penetrate until it gets to their stomach. So it'll penetrate inside and gets into the stomach. And everything in the stomach will melt and drip down to their feet. That is the sahr. That is this melting punishment in the hair fire. But then they will be reconstructed and remade in the normal way and then it'll happen again. Various types of punishment, various types of punishment. It's endless. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in another verse, Surah Al-Dukhan, verse 47 to 49. Seize him, grab him. Drag him to the middle of the hellfire. Pour over his head from the punishment of the boiling, uh, the, the boiling water or boiling liquids. Taste it. Because you used to consider yourself a mighty and a noble individual. Now taste this. 
many of the salaf said that this was actually related about Abu, revealed about Abu Jahl, specifically about Abu Jahl. Awza'i says that Abu Jahl will be seized on the Day of Judgment and they will make holes, holes will be made in his head. And then a pail, a bucket of boiling liquid will be brought and that will be poured into the holes of his head. The hole of his head, it says. And then he said, Dhuk, taste this. You thought yourself as a very mighty and strong and powerful and noble individual. Now you taste this. So it's literally, instead of tasting it from here, it's tasting from there, from the above. Surah Al-Rahman, there's another verse, uh, th- 35. يُرْسَلُ عَلَيْكُمَا شُوَاظٌ مِّن نَّارٍ وَنُحَاسٌ فَلَا تَنْتَصِرَانِ شُوَاظٌ مِّن نَّارٍ will be cast upon you and molten, molten copper will also be cast upon you you can't defend yourself from it that's what Allah says so now I said شُوَاظٌ مِّن نَّارٍ because that's what it means it means this boiling stuff that's poured over the last portion for today, I think, is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will know this, Surah Al-Humazah, verse 427. They will be cast, surely cast, into the hutama. Do you know what this hutama is? Is that ex- intensely kindled fire of Allah, which which something upon the hearts, which will affect the hearts in a certain way. I'm, I'm not translating because I want the explanation of that to come from the Mufassirin. So Muhammad ibn Ka'ab al-Quradi says, Tattali'u generally means that will peek upon you, that will overlook you. But here, obviously, it means something else when it's a punishment that is getting to the hearts. He says, essentially, the fire will consume him, eat away at him until it gets to his heart. When it gets to his heart, he will be given a new body. The new part will be replaced so that it happens again. So it keeps happening. It's like coming, 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 coming to your heart and then it goes back. It's a horror house. It's an absolute horror house. Absolute horror house. May Allah protect us. Thabit al-Bunani says that once he read this verse, and then he explained, he said, that they will be burnt until their heart, so they will be consumed from the different sides until it gets to their hearts, only heart is left, and they're still alive. So their heart will be kept alive to bear all of this. Then we got another verse in Surah Al-Muddathir, verse 27 and 20 to 29. وَمَا أَدَرَاكَ مَا سَقَرُ لَا تُبْقِي وَلَا تَذَرُ لَوَّاحَةٌ لِلْبَشَرُ Do you know what the saqar is? It's something that will just, doesn't leave anything, doesn't let anything stay. And it's لَوَّاحَةٌ لِلْبَشَرُ So, لَا تُبْقِي وَلَا تَذَرُ means that it won't leave any flesh or any bones or any marrow. It'll just consume everything up to the heart. That's what it means, la tubqi wa la tadar. That's the saqar, that's a special type of, that's part of the hellfire. It's a stage of the hellfire. 
Then Abu and remember, you're constantly going to be given a new flesh, a new bloody, and, and then it'll do the same thing again. Abu Razin, regarding Lawahatun Lil Bashar, says that Lawahatun Lil Bashar means a flame will strike their face, will burn their face, scorch their face, you can say, leaving it darker than the night. So the, f- the faces would be turned scorched black because of this. Lawaha, that's what it means, that it will scorch you. It's a scorching fire, essentially, for the skin. So it scorches the skin. Then in Surah Al-Ma'arij, there's a verse, 15 and 16, Allah says, Kalla innaha lagha nazza'atan lishawa. Kalla innaha, nay, it is the lava. Nazza'atan lishawa. These are the different descriptions mentioned in the Quran. Naza'a. Naza'a means to pull, to drag, right? To, to strip also. You strip an animal by naza'a, right? Naza'atan lishawa. It will, it's the remover and the stripper of the exterior skin and flesh. That's what the fire is. That's the lava. That's, a, the, that, that's another name for the, for the hellfire. He described this as, it will burn everything away. It'll just be the heart left to experience it. It will break the bones and everything, and then they'll just be recreated again, and they'll be given new flesh and new skins. Yeah, this is the last point. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Qamar, verse 47 to 48. The Evildoers, transgressors, will be are, are in error, uh, off the path, and they are in madness. The day that they will be dragged in the hellfire on their faces. So this, is, this section is about the, hellfire, the people of hellfire being dragged on their faces. So that's when you're lying on your front and you're being dragged. If you're on your back and you're dragged, that's a bit easier than when you're on your front because... You can't protect your face that way. With your back, at least you can keep your head up again. But with your face down, it's like that. It's much more difficult. And then it will be said to them, taste the, the saqar, the fire. Then Allah says in Surah Al-Ghafir, فَسَوْفَ يَعْلَمُونَ إِذِ الْأَغْلَالُ فِي أَعْنَاقِهِمْ وَالسَّلَاسِلُ يُسْحَبُونَ فِي الْحَمِيمِ ثُمَّ فِي النَّارِ يُسْجَرُونَ they will soon know. We've read this before, Surah Al Ghafir, verse 772, that they will have the collars on their necks and that by the chains they will be dragged. Again, the dragging idea. They'll be dragged in this boiling water. And then they will be, they will be roasted in the hellfire. And there's this concept, you'll see, you'll see it. Sometimes they're in the water, in the scalding water, and sometimes they're in the fire. Fire, water, fire, water. That's another punishment. Then Allah says in Surah Al-Ahzab, now this is all, most of this is from the Qur'an, as you can see, Surah Al-Ahzab, verse 66, يَوْمَ تُقَلَّبُ وُجُوهُهُمْ فِي النَّارِ يَقُولُونَ يَا لَيْتَنَا أَطَعْنَا اللَّهَ وَأَطَعْنَا الرَّسُولَ When they will be upturned on their faces in the hellfire, they will say, how we wish we had obeyed Allah and obeyed the Messenger. That's why I'm saying thanks to Allah that we have done this and may Allah allow us to continue doing this 
and from our progenies and from our loved ones as well. Dragging doesn't necessarily mean downhill, by the way. According to Ibn Abbas, there's another verse with Su'udah, which is being dragged uphill. That's even worse. Dragged uphill on their face. That's why in Surah Al-Haqqah, 30-31, Allah says, خُذُوهُ فَغُلُّوهُ ثُمَّ الْجَحِيمَ صَلُّوهُ Grab him. And, uh, you know, uh, wrap him um, and enter him into the hellfire. So that person will then be dragged and taken and dragged into the hellfire. And by that time, it's set, and finally we understand what's going to happen in this dragging. His flesh, bones, everything is just going to dissipate on the way. There's no end to this. There's no end to this. Ibn Abbas is, uh, has... Yus, well, in the Quran, in Surah Ghab, Yushabuna fil Hamim. They'll be dragged in the bo- boiling water. So it looks like Abu Zaid says that what I see this as is that when they're dragged like this, every part of their body, that means their, their skin, their flesh inside, their veins, their muscles, everything of that would be stripped away, shred to pieces. So that behind them there's this trail, because remember there's 60 cubits or so or longer. Behind them is this trail of flesh and intestines and muscle and ligaments and everything else to the same size, the 60 cubits or so. Then he'll just be given a new skin and then he's going to be roasted in the hellfire again. I think let's stop here. Inshallah we continue with this discussion of Alhamdulillah, we've managed to complete the one section. May Allah protect us. Now, this is the, uh, the next section of the different types of physical punishments that they're talking about because we read at the beginning what's available in Hellfire. Now it's getting into the more specific punishments. May Allah protect us. May Allah protect us. Jazakallah khair for listening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, bless you. And if you're finding this useful, you know, um, uh, as they say, do that like button and subscribe button and forward it on to others. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.